Hello, my friend. Welcome to episode 75 of the True to You podcast. This also happens to be our second episode for 2021. And can you believe we are already one month down? It is February pretty much as this episode is going live. And that is exactly why I need your attention before I launch into introducing today's guest. I want to invite you to a really special planning masterclass that I'm going to be hosting on the 9th of February. It's called the Rock Your Vision Masterclass. Yeah, because we're all here to have a lot of fun with our visions and our goals this year. I want to give you in this masterclass, it's a 90 minute session. I want to give you three specific tools that are going to create structure. They're going to create certainty that these are the right goals for your business this year. And finally, what we all want, how to have a winning mindset for 2021. This is going to be a really interactive 90 minutes because I'm all about you walking away with a plan and making the most of that time. I know that taking 90 minutes out of your day is really precious for a lot of you. You've got big to-do lists and other responsibilities in your life. So if you're going to come along, it needs to be actionable. You need to be able to walk away knowing exactly what you need to do. We've all got those pictures on our vision boards. We've all got a few ideas for goals scribbled in a journal. Let's actually make those things happen. If you want to come along to the Rock Your Vision Masterclass happening on the 9th of February at 12 p.m. Sydney time, you can head to the link in the show notes or type into your browser rubymarsh.com slash masterclass to register your spot. And it's free. So easy, easy. Tick that box, come along and I'll see you there. Okay, today's guest. It's really funny because we have two interesting things in common. She's a terrible plant owner. I'm not really a good one either. We have one plant in our house right now and neither of us have never properly learned to fold a fitted sheet, which is kind of ironic because I used to work in Manchester. I think that's even the official term for sheets and pillowcases and throws and all of that fancy stuff. So sorry, mum, you probably taught us how to do this once and I completely forgot. Her coffee order is a batch brew, which is quite sophisticated. And she's an Enneagram 4, which is the individualist. I recently found out that I'm a 7, although there's a couple of other numbers coming in a close second, which is the enthusiast. So today I want to introduce you to my guest, Laura Higgins. She is the founder of marketing consultancy, La La Social Club. As the founder, Laura's role is consulting with clients, putting together strategies and helping everyone get really good at marketing. Because if you have a small business, marketing is one of the things that you are going to be responsible for. And she's pretty shit hot at marketing her own business. If you jump onto her Instagram, you'll see her pretty face. And there's lots of really, really fun stuff on her Instagram as well. She's got quite a sense of humor, which we talk about in this episode. 
Laura works for small business owners who want to cut through the noise. She's here to give you practical, proven strategies to take you from confused to confident. Ah, and she also believes that marketing should be fun, hence the sense of humor. And when she's not at work, you'll find her watching Gilmore Girls reruns, sipping champagne. We'll also see that on the Instagram. Chasing the sun at the beach and hanging out with her super cute nieces and nephews. La La Social Club also recently launched their own podcast. It's called My Business Playbook. Super fun. You should check it out. And one of her recent guests was also a guest on the True To You podcast. So we had a lot of fun talking about that as well. Without further ado, let's dive in. Episode 75 with Laura Higgins of La La Social Club. Welcome to the True To You podcast, your go-to show for practical wisdom to build a meaningful and creative small business. You'll find content on marketing, mindset, and tons of experts who want to help you grow a thriving small business that you truly love. My guests are exceptionally creative women building businesses from their zone of genius, all while balancing many other roles in their life. I'm your host, Ruby Marsh. Let's do this. Welcome to the True to You podcast, Laura. It's wonderful to be here with you today. Thank you so much for having me, Ruby. It's so good to finally be chatting. It's good. Yes, yes, indeed. And you're a very interesting woman. I dug around on your website yesterday to find out a little more about your story. And it's nice when when you do that because you get these little glimpses into people's life and your favorite coffee and your favorite drinks and things like this. But also you've had a really interesting career path to get to starting and owning La La Social Club, which is your business. And I know that you also had spent time with your family on the road. You were in a band as well at some <laughs> yes. point. So maybe you can give us the um, the short story on, on your career and what led you to start this business that you have today. Oh, yes. It's a, it's such a funny story. And it is one of those things where when it's, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, we were in this family band and people are always like, what? I had one, one lady interview me solely. I thought she wanted to talk about marketing. She just (laughs) wanted to talk about music. And I was like, okay, well, fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's great. But we were in um, a family band. So I'm, I'm one of five wow. um, siblings. So I've got four, four siblings, one brother and three sisters. And we were in, it would have been uh, like maybe from 2011, 2010, we started this band called the Soolies. And Soolie is my mum's maiden name. Um, it's an Irish, <laughs> Irish name. So it was kind of quite unique. And we started this band with yeah my three sisters and I and we all sang and it was like folk country style music and the the kind of weird thing about it was that 
not only was it us girls, it was my two elder sisters, their husbands. And so they they were involved too. And it was just this weird family mix where people would be trying to figure out like, how are you guys related? Who's married to who? And yeah. it's like very, very weird. Um, but super fun. So we we toured around the US. We we did we we played South by Southwest one year. Like we kind of did this whole it feels like a lifetime ago, actually, but we we jumped into this, um, it must have been like this 12-seater van. And my sister, my eldest sister, she had a an 18-month-old and a three-month-old. And we toured around the Midwest of America and we would just end up kind of playing random gigs. We'd, we'd play in all these dive bars and just the weirdest. We'd end up at the strangest places and and American people, particularly in the Midwest, they're so friendly. And so people would ask us to come just stay at their house and we would. <laughs> it's just like crazy, the craziest things happen. You meet the craziest, wonderful people. And um, so we did that and we we kind of did that for maybe five years, I think. Wow. Yeah. And so that was super fun. But that's actually probably where I... In, in the band, I started, you know, we had to have a, an Instagram, we had to have a website, and I'd always been interested in um, journalism. I actually wanted to be a journalist, and so I went to uni and I started doing that, and and then I realised uh, one day I went into a tutorial and the tutor was like, yeah, um, are you even going to get a job when you leave here? Probably not. Like, And I was like, what the heck so kind optimistic. of optimistic? <laughs> yeah, at one point he said, I don't even know if journalism is a profession anymore. Like anyone can do it kind of thing. And I was like, this is the weirdest place ever. I'm I'm not coming back. So I <laughs> left my degree and ended up kind of doing a bit of design work, like a lot of just natural things that came naturally to me. So design and and writing really I loved I loved those two things and and photography so I I kind of fumbled my way around doing that when we were in the band and then you know all the while I was making coffee and I worked at a bunch of different coffee shops around the place and then the coffee roaster that I was working for they were like we need help with marketing so I kind of was like great I I can probably figure it out. And this was when Instagram had just become something that businesses used. And so, and that feels like ages ago as well. <laughs> but I kind of quickly figured out how to do it. And their um, Instagram really took off. They went from, you know, maybe 2,000 followers to 15,000 followers in, in a really short amount of time. And then it just kept growing and growing from there. So then people started approaching me to do their social media, particularly people in hospitality because I'd worked in hospitality. So I understood that industry. And then kind of fast forward, I was approached by um, the final client that kind of pushed me into, okay, I've got to quit my job. Um, He ran a finance podcast and I knew nothing about finance, but quickly learned and (laughs) then like ended up quitting my job, starting La La Social Club. And since then, it's just been, it's been kind of iteration after iteration of 
changes and and things that we've we've kind of developed and evolved as we've gone and and now we're we're um marketing consultants so so I work with small businesses to help them cut through the noise in their marketing and that's kind of the weird long short version <laughs> of my story so yeah it's kind of the makings of Lala Social Club and the, the reason it's called Lala Social Club is because my nieces and nephews couldn't say Laura and so they would call me Lala instead and so we were kind of like oh sweet I might as well call it that so that's kind of it in a nutshell yeah yeah and I think what's great about your story is that it all probably happened very naturally when you look back you didn't really force things these opportunities came to you and I think you're probably someone that's really guided by what feels good in your work I don't know if you're interested in human design but I'm really curious to know what your your human design is and I think we often are challenged by that because it's really easy to want to fall into this straight path and see all the steps ahead of us. But you were someone that took these chances and the next one and the next one and until it naturally unfolded that starting your own business was the right next action for you Um, rather than going, I have to start a business and I have to make this work and and this is my ticket to freedom. Yeah. Totally. And I think I feel like in a strange way because I didn't know anything uh, about business. You know, I remember I went to I joined this business um course because I wanted to learn. <laughs> and I I remember they kept talking they were like, you know, how do you scale your business? Scale, scale, scale. And I was like looking around going what does scale mean? <laughs> like, I honestly was like, well, what do they mean by that? Like, is anyone else thinking this? And so I had this blissful unawareness, I think, of, of I, I didn't overthink it because I didn't know I needed to. I think it's this weird thing of, I think naturally I'm, I'm okay with change. I'm okay with taking risks. I think probably for me where I um where I've kind of, where the business has grown, I've realized, oh, okay, now there's actually, there's more to lose in a sense. So there's reputation and and there's a sense of, oh, well, I've got to make sure that what I'm delivering is, is on the forefront. It's innovative. It's, it's still fresh. And, and so now I think there's more, I, I think more, and I'm probably a little more risk averse because I'm a bit like, okay, I've, I've been in this for, four years, I kind of know what works and what doesn't. So I've realized in the start, I had no idea. So I just was <laughs> kind of making it up and riding the wave. And and I think I've realized now I, I definitely take more things into consideration um, because I think there's more at stake in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and an interesting place to find yourself because I, I I agree too that as you go on, uh, you want to uphold a certain standard if you're 
raising your prices, ensuring that what you're delivering is in line with that value that you're asking for, all of those things, all the while not letting go of that innocence, that creativity and that innovation that really served you in the first place, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally agree. And I think I think running a business is kind of like a dance. Like there's this thing of, and as creatives and as entrepreneurs, there's this thing of we're always wanting to do the next thing. And I think I've realized my season now is actually more about doing things intentionally and doing things with focus because I can start things quickly and I can go, right, this is the idea. Let's go do it. It's going to be awesome. But the consistency and the follow through is where, you know, that's where I think actually success comes from. So if you can't have that, if you can't be consistent and and actually follow through on what you're selling and offering, then that's where things start to get a bit, um, a little bit interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It it is such a dance, isn't it? It's um, it's so interesting, and and the years in business can fly by really quickly, but it's also it's also asking yourself the question, I think, quite frequently of, am I loving this? Do I want to get out of bed for this business? And can I see myself doing this in three or five years? Because I think where small businesses probably come undone is, yes, cash flow, that's a big reason, but then also our motivation for what we're creating starts to wane because we are not seeing the results or we're not prepared to be in it for the long game to see those results unfold. And yes. I've been uh, part of a startup, another startup as well for the last few years. And when you shift that mindset to what is this going to look like in 10 years or five years, if that's a bit of an easier thing for you to handle, it's it's also a really different conversation that you have with yourself. <laughs> you kind <Yes>. of Yes, <laughs> totally. And it also, don't you think it affects, um, I kind of think there's this, this push-pull tension, right? And, and we're talking about, before we started recording, like talking about digital products and courses and memberships and all these things. And and I think we're we're kind of we believe this thing of okay, well, those things are great because you make money while you sleep. It's re- recurring passive income, but the building of that is not passive. It takes mm. so much. Um, actually, takes a lot of sacrifice because you've got to carve out time. You've got to invest money, but you've also got to say no to things that otherwise, like those things, you know, maybe it's one-on-one work or, you know, other other kind of projects in order to invest into this thing that you know long-term is going to be heaps better for your business. And so mm-hmm. I think that's the juggle I find myself in. And I'm not sure if you do too, Ruby, but I find myself permanently going, I've got to serve these people that these one-on-one clients that I love and who are awesome, but I also need to be pushing towards this um, online space that I know is long-term. That's where we want to be. So it's this, it's this, it is this dance. It's this tension of like, you know, and, and I think we're always figuring it out. I don't, I don't feel like I've found this, you know, uh, kind of utopia of <laughs> this is perfect, the perfect balance of all these things. I think it is this this juggle at all times. 
Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so, so, so interesting. I think we could run a whole podcast interview (laughs) talking about the ins and outs of business and the mind of an entrepreneur and all of this cool stuff. I love it. (laughs) I want to talk about your business for a second. And you mentioned before that your message is marketing that helps you cut through the noise. I find this really interesting and I can really Uh, sympathize with business owners that might feel this way. Is this an underlying belief that you heard time and time again, especially things like social media? Oh, it's so noisy. Online world's world's so noisy. Is, yeah, is that something that you heard that, um, or is it something that you still hear, especially as everything starts to move more online or is there's more of a, um, there's more opportunities to market widely online now compared to what there used to be? I'd love your thoughts on that. I'd love how you came to that uh, positioning statement. Yeah, so I I really believe that we because the goal of business, right, is to connect with our customers. The goal of marketing is to communicate and connect. Mm. And I think where things come unstuck is when people don't don't have a strategy to actually cut through the noise. Because I think there are so many marketing messages on on social media alone, let alone all the other platforms that there are, let alone like email, like traditional advertising. There are so many so many businesses vying for the attention of your customer. And so I think what we need to do as business owners, we need to actually really drill down into, okay, who am I serving? What is my message? And how do I communicate that effectively? So I just think marketing is communication. I think it's the way that you connect and the way that you share ideas and share how you solve a problem for someone. So I think cutting through the noise for me, what that really means is being different. It means standing out. It means actually standing for something, mm. not just kind of being vanilla and, and you know, kind of sitting in the middle of the road all the time. I think, I think as businesses, more and more, businesses need to stand for something. There needs to be a belief, a purpose behind what, what businesses are doing, especially now. And you think about 2020, you think about COVID-19, Black Lives Matter, you know, the US election, all of these things. I just think people tapped out. I think people went, oh my gosh, there is so much bad news. There is so much noise and there's so much content, so much content, whether it's good or bad. There's so much content online. And so if as businesses, if we if we can actually go, okay, how can I speak in my customer's language? How can I bring bring something to them to their day that actually adds value to them then you're going to start to see results from your marketing because really i think the antidote to noise is clarity mm. and it's all about communicating clearly whether that's visually in, or whether it's through your branding or the messaging that you have your copywriting your website whatever it is across the board it's about we're pursuing clarity because when, when things are clear, people take action. You know, you think about road signs. Road signs don't overcomplicate it. Like you're driving down the highway, it's like exit here. They don't use too many words. It's really clear. It's easy to understand. And I think our customers are kind of going, 
if there's a problem that they have, they're like, just give me a solution. Give me something clear. Direct me on what's next. And I think if we as business owners, particularly as small business owners, if we want to compete and stand up against, you know, stand up in a crowd of other businesses, other bigger businesses than us, we need to have clarity. We need to be really communicating clearly. Mm, mm, I I love that. And it really brings it back home to is this about you or is this about your customers and making a difference in their lives and how much are you listening to the change that they want to make? Um, Because at the end of the day, yeah, business is about communicating with customers and solving problems, solving good problems. There's a lot of good problems to solve out (laughs) there right now. Totally. And I think where people... I was just reading this book just this morning before this interview. It's called Know What You're For by Jeff Henderson. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about this idea that a lot of businesses, and this is kind of maybe a bit controversial, but he's saying a lot of businesses have narcissistic tendencies. And so you think about it, we we post about ourselves. We're sharing Mm -hmm. stories about ourselves. and, And, yes, it can connect and it can get good engagement, but it's this thing of, it really challenged me to think, okay, when's the last time I've told a story about one of my customers? When's the last time I've actually shared a win or a challenge that they overcame through, and it doesn't even have to connect to me. Like, I think it's a real challenge for business owners, particularly in small business, particularly in when we're building personal brands as well. There's this thing of, oh, I need to show my face a lot. And and yes, that's important. But I do think we need to also be remembering, okay, how does this relate back to my customer though? And how does it share, how do I actually make sure that what I'm posting isn't a bit narcissistic? So I think it's this, it's such a challenge. And I think the modern day, you know, entrepreneur is very personal brand heavy mm. and it's a powerful tool to use. It's really important part of, you know, a strategy, particularly if you want to stand out online, but I also think we mustn't forget that that our customers need to actually see other people like them too. So it's this it's this tension I think particularly when you're building a personal brand. Mm, yes, yes. Oh, so relate. And if you're doing your own marketing too, you're so close to it. You're yes. so close to all of the results and everything that you post, especially in the early days, you can train train yourself to not be so emotionally attached to it. Yes. But it's hard. It's hard. And I'm curious to know, do you, you work with some bigger businesses as well, but do they still do, I know with marketing and with social media, some bigger businesses will outsource to consultants to do their social. So they don't really have much connection to it day to day. Do most of your clients do their own social media or you encourage them to have an active role in what that looks like? Yeah, most of our clients, so we we don't manage social media, but we mm. most of our clients do their own. Um, occasionally, some of them will go, okay, cool, I'm going to hire someone one or two days a week to, to look after it for me, but they're more of an in-house mm. social media person. Um, which I love that idea because I think it takes it 
off the business owner to, yeah. to be engaging because it, you know, and you know how much work goes into even just managing your social media day to day. Um, but I, I encourage people, particularly as businesses are scaling, to stay present and to keep their voice in it. Mm. So I think we've got to remember that on social media, your business is showing up on someone's feed in amongst their friends' posts, their like family. It might be like posts of someone being like, I got a new puppy. And then bam, your business is there. <laughs> like it's in context. We do want it to still feel relational and personable. So I think there's, it depending on the business, but I think in small business and particularly small businesses that are scaling, it's important to still try to keep, even if you outsource some elements, and I'm totally all about that, but it's important to keep your eye across it. And for me personally, I probably won't ever outsource social media entirely. I, I'm definitely keen to get some help and we've just hired someone in-house to to help with that. But for me, I know it it needs to it needs to make sure that it reflects still the the core of the business and I still want my voice in it. Mm. So it, it depends on your business, but I do think um, if you're not going to post and if you're trying to DIY, then definitely it's important to have someone there to help you to be consistent. So it's finding, it's also knowing yourself, I think. Some people it's like they, they naturally get it. Other people it's really like, laborious and they hate it so if you hate it definitely get some help with it yes yes I'd probably add something to that perhaps is and it comes back to this conversation we had before around listening to your clients you've still got to find ways to be connecting with people maybe your time's better served meeting in person with potential clients And then having the social media running in the background, but thinking you can step away entirely from anything uh, face-to-face or anything that relates to your messaging and your communication is is a bit of a gamble. And that's just in my honest opinion. (laughs) No, I totally agree. And I, I actually think the business owner, and you might have, you, I'm sure you'd have thoughts on this, Ruby, but the business owner needs to be involved in the revenue generating activities. And mm. so that's sales and marketing. Mm. So I think like for me, I know a sales call has to go to me because yep. that's where I'm more likely to, to, to make a sale. So it's also knowing, okay, what are my strengths and, and where do I sit really well? And, and even if it's not you doing sales calls or it's not you doing those sales emails or sales pages on your website or whatever, or managing your social media, there needs to be a way for you to have your eye across it because it's just, I just think it's too important. And I think it's the thing that actually makes you money. So mm-hmm. I think business owners need to be invested in in that those areas for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Something I love that you tapped into a little bit there is playing to your strengths. This is a huge thing that I, it's a huge energy generation strategy that I love to help clients with because I know there's, there's so much to do in a business, but also how can you be effective with the time that you have, especially if you're still running a family or maybe you have another job as well. 
one strength that you have is humor. (laughs) (laughs) And we were talking about uh, or one quality as well is is you're a funny you're a funny gal. <laughs> thank you, Ruby. That's very cool. <laughs> you, know. you didn't have to say that, but thanks. <laughs> I, it was something that I remember from the moment I met you was was your sense of humor, and you definitely capitalize on that. You've capitalized on it a lot in the past year or so as things have gotten really heavy out there in the macro space. Yeah. I'm curious to know something you said to me when we were talking about this podcast was around humor and how important you think it is for people to have not necessarily be haha funny or memeing the shit out of everything <laughs> <laughs> that they see cuz there's some people that are just really good at that and that that's their full-time thing. Yes. Yeah. Um but at least having a sense of lightness towards what you're doing and what you're creating. Yeah. Uh, Because there is a lot of darkness and I think that it makes you more fun to engage with and people really want to be around you and part of your service. Yeah. Talk to me about this idea around humour and where do you you see it can be an, an asset or how can it be an asset for us as business owners? I think for me, like, I mean, it's really like a funny, weird thing to talk about, but I think there's nothing like a bit of levity, <laughs> especially in a year like 2020. I think there was so much, as you say, like, it just was like this bad news cycle. And and I, in the end, I was like, i got to turn this off. I can't, mm. I can't even look at it anymore. Mm. It's, it's getting me down. <laughs> I just was a bit like, no, it's, it's, I know that crazy things are happening and of course we want to empathize and of course we want to make sure we stand for the, the things that are important to us, not just as businesses, but as humans. I think it's really important. But I also think, I, I think people tap out of the, the heavy, um, maybe like overly like heightened opinions um, and this, you know, the thing that frustrates me in marketing is the overly, it's kind of the oversharing, the, mm. the vulnerability posts. And I say vulnerability in, in quotation marks because I don't think Brene Brown would say it's vulnerability. She might be like, what's that? <laughs> I don't know what that is. But anyway, so I think there's this idea of people like, making things really heavy or sad and and I just really think there's nothing like a bit of joy in someone's day and and particularly on on social media we have this privilege of being in someone's if we're on someone's phone we're in their pocket we have this privilege of of being able to lighten someone's day and I like that you use the term lightness because I don't think everyone needs to use a sense of humor I don't think that's the case. You know, if you're a law firm or a doctor's surgery or, you know, that doesn't really make sense. Although maybe a doctor's surgery would be pretty funny <laughs> if they if they had a funny approach to their marketing, maybe. But I think a lightness is really helpful, particularly in the times that we're in. I think, you know, and there's these, even this, um, there's these shows. I don't know if you watch, did you watch Emily in Paris on Netflix? 
No, because I saw so many people bag it out. It, well, it's, that's such an Aussie <laughs> slang, by the way. So for my US friends, uh, making fun of it. <laughs> yes, but like it's not a very good show. I, personally, I don't think it's a very good show, but I loved watching it because it was like Paris. It was beautiful. It was like funny. The plot was easy to follow. It's not like you're watching Breaking Bad or House of Cards where you're on the edge of your seat stressed out because you don't know what Frank Underwood's going to do. It's not like that. And so, I think that show went really well because people were like, "Ooh, I can just tune out. It's a bit of fun. I can actually just relax and it's not heightened. So, I think for me in my marketing, I really want people to feel like, oh, it's relatable, it's funny, it's still informative and educational, but it's, it's, we're not taking ourselves too seriously. So I think like I love brands like Jumbled Online. She just has these pops of colour and she has big floral arrangements and she shows huge artworks and everything's colourful and joyful. And, you know, whenever I see one of her posts, I'm like, oh, that just is beautiful. I want to see that. And then, you know, go to skincare. I love Zoe Foster Blake. I think she's really funny. She puts a spin on things that you would never think about. And so those those kinds of accounts, I love seeing their content because they bring something different. They bring something light and fun and, and something that brightens your day. So I think you don't have to be funny. You don't have to, yeah, as you say, share so many memes and all the things, but you can still bring a lightness to people's day. And I think I definitely recommend it, particularly for the season that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And how many, uh, how many comedians have either come out of the woodwork or their platforms have exploded in yes. the last year because they've been able to see the funny side of, certain things going on and and there's particular people that I follow that maybe if if you want to know send me a DM and I'll forward you some of this <laughs> stuff because <laughs> it might yes. get me in hot water but just let's say that I really look forward to their content <laughs> and it really just it makes my day and I, as a result, yeah, I do probably want to buy their stuff or see their shows or yeah. subscribe to their email list. There's someone in particular who is a comedian that I've now subscribed to the email list because I'm thinking, well, if I get this in their videos, then their writing is going to be hilarious as well. And and that's something nice that I get in my inbox once totally. or twice a week. Yeah. Yeah. So just remember that, especially if you're creative, that it can lead to also great consistent marketing opportunities that aren't just you showing up on social media, but then what does that look like in the next communication step, like your email list or your website or. Yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. And I think as Australians, we, I mean, our sense of humor is quite dry and can be a little self-deprecating. And so I found for me, it's, it's meant that people, when they meet me, if they feel like, if they book a call or a consult or something, if they meet me, they kind of like, I've had a number of people say this and they're like, oh, I already actually feel like I know you just from your Instagram. And it's so cool for me because it means, oh, okay. So they kind of know that I'm a bit of a dork, like 
I'm a little bit weird and whatever. They, they know that already. So it's all good. But also I think if you are going to inject humor or a, a different side of your brand, you want to make sure that that's actually consistent when someone engages you or encounters your business. And, and, you know, for us, like we're trying to think, okay, how can our emails be more, more of the tone of, of our social media? And how can we make sure that even our internal communications, like from our team to our clients or to our students, how can we make sure that they still have this tongue in cheek tone to them? So it's, it is this thing of, kind of wanting it to be consistent across the board, but also consistent for the experience of the customer as well. Mm, mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's so many brands, isn't there? I even think of who gives a crap that they are exactly yes. the same. I don't know if you get who yeah. gives a crap toilet face, but they're, they've got a bigger social mission, but yeah, I would say their brand is built on humor, their name, number one. Yes. When you have to unwrap a roll of toilet paper, you have a little giggle. Yes. <laughs> sitting on the toilet. It's it's excellent. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, I love, I love Who Gives a Crap and Koala. I've always mm-hmm. found Koala to be really funny. Like they, they just, they don't take things too seriously. And that's the way they've innovated their industry because toilet paper, like, I mean, anyone who was in the toilet paper business last year was like, woo, <laughs> glorious. <laughs> yeah. But you think about it, like toilet paper and mattresses, they're businesses that have been around forever. But like what these businesses have done is the way that they've innovated, it's just in their tone, it's just in their marketing and their their communication. And I think that says a lot about the way the way your brand is built and the way your brand impacts the actual growth of your business. Yeah. So interesting. It's, it's such a good, I think, point to make around your marketing. And like we've said, this is not going to necessarily apply to every business. There are some businesses that need to remain consistent, but there is a difference between being serious and I think another brand that probably does it quite well that's actually in the marketing space is Digital Picnic. Do you know them? Yeah, Yeah. yes. And one thing that they've done really, really well, and I'm not necessarily on board with everything, but they have helped you understand actually a big part which is not really what, it's not what they're selling, interestingly, but they've really, if you dissect a lot of their social media, it's more been, what's it been like to be a business running from home with families? And they had that story of that young guy that they've employed who was living on the streets and they let him sleep in their office. Crazy story. And now he works for them like heartwarming story and but they're still bringing humor into it and I think that uh they've they've been able to also share a lot of storytelling of what's really going on for us as a business and be able to relate to their customers and their clients through that empathy that you spoke about before yeah yes yeah so even you can bring humor and storytelling and that empathy in a way that 
Um, especially if you're a service-based business that says, hey, I get you. I know what's going on. I know what the last year's been like. It's been rough. (laughs) And we're not trying to pretend that we're superior or we've got our shit together. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. And I think that is, that's the, that's the beauty of small business is that we can Mm. do that. We can Mm. be personable and bigger businesses want to be able to be personable, but it's much harder to, you know, move a big ship where we have this ability to kind of go, okay, we're going to go over here and we're going to pivot our messaging here. And I think we've got this edge in small business, particularly in the messaging, in the communication department, because we can actually change the way it's not corporate messaging it's it feels like us you know and I Mm. think that's where when people leverage that that's when they see amazing results for sure yeah yeah now I want to pivot a little bit towards uh your your business bestie who also happens to be your ride or die your husband Nath now you're in business with him was he (laughs) your business partner from the beginning no, no. So I, I'd started building, I'd started La La Social Club um, before we even started dating. So by the time we started dating, he, he has always been really business minded. He's really entrepreneurial. He freaks me out with the ideas that he thinks of. <laughs> I'm often like, what? Married to like, one of those. <laughs> oh, totally. Do you yeah. just want, I'm like, stop it. I I just want to focus on this one thing that we've just done. Like we launched something and then the next day he's like, right, okay, the next thing we're doing is this and here's how we're going to do it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you freak me out. Like I need to have a lie down. (laughs) He's just, he just got so much energy. And so he, he's really, he's really gifted actually. He's really gifted at like understanding things that, that make businesses work. And so he, at the beginning of COVID, like we'd always, once we got together, we, he really started helping in the business um, and he's a builder. So he kind of, it's not even really in his field, I guess, but he, he reads a lot. He's kind of obsessed with business. And so he, um, at the beginning of COVID, it was like, okay, what the heck are we doing here? We had this moment where we were like, we'd planned to launch this course um, and then it kind of COVID happened and we went, oh my gosh, I don't know if we can launch this course. And we kind of started thinking maybe this is a bad idea to launch this. In the end, we were like, actually, no, wait, (laughs) it's an awesome idea. Why aren't we launching this? So we ended up launching it. And in that whole process, he started working with me in the business. We were, um, it was a really crazy time because we'd pretty much as soon as COVID hit, we probably lost about half of our business. So Mm. we went from, you know, all these consulting clients and it kind of halved. Mm. Um, Well, it did halve. (laughs) It literally halved. And so we had this moment of what the heck are we going to do? He um, was in construction, so he had plenty of work. But we got to this point where we realised actually we need to we need to invest in this now. We need to invest in launching this course and I can't do it by myself. So he just came in and 
made all the things work. So I was building the content, filming, filming everything, building out the workbooks, all of that stuff and marketing it. And he was going, all right, how the heck do we run a webinar? How do we like... How do we actually get on podcasts? How do we make sure that like, how do we host a course? All of these things he figured out. So I could just be like, right, I'm just going to focus on my strengths, which is really the communication side of things, the marketing side of things. And he just focused on the technical side of, okay, we need to build our email list. We need to do all this stuff. So we launched that together and since then, we've been working together in the business and it's been amazing. He still works a little bit in building every now and again, um, which is nice because it actually gives us a bit of space because mm. <laughs> in COVID, it was crazy. Like we were, and I know probably everyone's experience was a little bit like this, but we would, we would like we live in our one bedroom apartment. So we don't have much space from each other at home. And then we'd go to the office, which is like a five minute walk from our, our house. And we'd work all day together. We'd come home, we'd work all night. It was like crazy. So we just were like figuring this stuff out as we went. And both of us just were like, how was your day? (laughs) (laughs) I think it was pretty good. Like it was just, we, we didn't, we couldn't get space from each other. And so, and also at that point, gyms were closed. So he was like, like, I need to get outside kind of thing. Um, But anyway, it's really funny working together. And I think for us, like, I don't know if you've done the strengths finder thing, Ruby. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. (laughs) So we are the exact opposite on that. So my um, strengths are all in relationship building. They're all like communication. Um, I don't know what else. Maximizer, like strategic. Yeah. And he is focus, command, um, competitive. Uh, I don't know what else his other ones were. He is so disciplined. And my lowest one was consistency. <laughs> I just thought, oh, my gosh, like isn't this just so funny? Like we literally were the opposite. So it's been really a cool mix because he is so good at executing and getting stuff done. And I'm good at coming up with ideas and then going, okay, how are we going to communicate this? How are we going to use our people so that it, it really works? And so we've, we've kind of are working it out. One thing I did learn is that when there's no clear, um, when there's no clarity on who's in charge of what, mm. things get weird. <laughs> so we just realized, okay, I'm going to be in charge of this and you're going to be in charge of this. And if that thing in your area doesn't work, then that's on you. And this thing over here, that's on me. So we, we've learned that the hard way multiple times. Like we, we hosted webinars and they were terrible. Like, you know, we had no idea what we were doing. And so now we're like, oh, we know what we're doing now. It's, it's, it's such a process. So all of these things we learned on the go in the middle of a pandemic, no less. <laughs> oh yeah. But nothing like being thrown in the deep end, right? I think that's, yeah. it's part of the the quiet thrill that you have as a small <laughs> business owner or entrepreneur is you, you do really enjoy those moments at, at the heart of it and you kind yeah. of live for them. It's a bit, um, I don't know what the word is, but psychotic. I think yeah, it's yeah, psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know exactly what you mean. How do you go working with John? It very similar. And a while back, I read a great 
book. There's there's a series of books written by Gene. I can't remember his last name. One being Rocket Fuel, which I would really recommend to you, but also to anyone out there that's planning to either have a business partnership, whether it be your best friend or someone you don't know, you're looking to employ someone as your right-hand man or woman or your husband or girlfriend or whoever, it's really great for looking at your business structure. And what I really got from that was looking at um, exactly what you said, where is John's strengths, where is my strengths, and really playing to that and kind of letting each other go a little bit, giving each other a little bit of lead because uh, I one of my tendencies is to control and that's not a great thing, but um, I'll very quickly want to come over top and go, that's not right or that doesn't sound good or whatever it is. <laughs> I do that. Um, I do that all the time too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have to learn to also let go and let that yeah. person run with it. But um, I think the biggest thing aside from that is, is really committing to Look, we we're long game players with small business. We really value. We know that that you have to be consistent, um, but we don't uh, work into the night. We don't do things like that. So I think yeah. you just make a couple of boundaries. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be super strict, and it doesn't have to be. Um, really hard but I think and also I think if we had children that would very quickly but yeah boundaries in place that that are just a given you know yeah and totally so I think as as a couple without kids at the moment it's also really easy to overwork 100% I think a lot of people last year um, probably myself included to an extent worked really really hard and um didn't take a holiday or didn't take days off in the week. And so I think being also, I think being each other's best cheerleaders in that respect that, you know, like we're in this to have a good life as well. This is part of why yes. we're choosing this path. So if we, if we're unhealthy and sick, we're not going to enjoy that life that we're building. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. That, I think that's so true. And I think as well with running a business, you don't, start it to to buy yourself a job you know Mm. you actually I think having that idea of what's the five-year plan what are we working towards that helps you to actually go this is a long game like you need to have longevity you need to look after your health you need to have a hobby (laughs) you know that's my goal this year I'm like I need to find a hobby because Mm. when what you've done as something that you enjoy becomes your business becomes your you know, source of income, you kind of realize, oh, I don't have anything else that like, you know, that normal people have hobbies <laughs> or like activities that they do that they just like doing. So I think having something else outside of the business that's fun, that that kind of helps you switch off, that's just gold. So mm. totally. Yeah. Oh, such such a great conversation, Laura. I am so thankful for your time today, your input. I know 
a lot of people love you in our community. So they're going to be very excited to hear this conversation and they're going to get a lot from it as well. It's not just two chicks hanging out, having a good <laughs> chat, which, you know, we could have recorded which, that as well and it I probably know. would have been fine. <laughs> um, but it's been really wonderful to have you today. So thank you so much. Is there... Is there any last parting words of wisdom that you would like to leave us with? Parting words of wisdom. (laughs) That's a big responsibility. I know, (laughs) but I I think really what I would be focusing on in 2021 is the things that are going to actually move the needle. So the Mm. things in your business that are really going to help you get to where you want to be because there are so many opportunities, there are so many things that can take your time and attention And I think we need to be really relentless in our pursuit of, no, 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 I'm heading towards this big thing, which means it will need to be, you'll need to become good at saying no to a lot of things as well. So that would be my big thing is, is focusing on, on the big goal Mm. and, and really being really particular on what you say yes to. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very good advice. Uh, I feel like, yeah, that that's so so poignant because we also we we just like the the name of this podcast. We need to stay true to where we're going, and yeah. especially like you say, as things get noisier and busier, and and there's a lot going on in the macro environment. It's very easy to be pushed off course without even really knowing it. So that that's super 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 sound advice. Thank you. I'm going to link up to all your details in in the show notes. Um, where can people find you on Instagram? Because that's the only place I hang out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can find me. No, me too. Yeah. Um, you can find me at lalasocialclub.co. And also what we're doing is we're doing a thing called My Business Pep Talk. And it's a, okay. a free weekly video and it's, Every video is under five minutes and it's just something to do with business. It's a little kind of little express business tip um, that gets sent to your email every week. So if you wanted to check that out, I can I can send you the link, Ruby, and, and you can go from there. But um, yeah, I would love to see you in there. And thank you so much, Ruby. You are amazing. And yeah, it's so good to chat with you. Oh, thank you, Laura. Likewise. Mm-hmm.